Buddy, we are recording the show from your house. That's right. We had to scratch yesterday's take because the air conditioners outside were just too loud. It's the first time that I've actually been drowned out by something. <laughs> well, we're lucky today. We have a special guest. It's Anne Courtney. She is a journalist, an herbalist, an all-around wonder woman, right? I'm glad you said that. Uh, she's married to me, um, or I'm married to her probably is the, the more politically correct thing to say. Um, and I thought it would be fun to have her, actually it was your idea, and so I'm going to give you credit uh, to have Anne on for the next two episodes this week to talk about journalism um, and uh, social media and dealing with politics. And then next week we'll talk about uh, herbalism and we can get more into that. But um, Annie is a, a graduate of the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University, and uh, something that a lot of people don't know, that she uh, does a lot of writing. She uh, has been an editor for numerous books and knows a thing or two about social media. So why not use a, a great resource when you see one? And um, Annie's mind we're going to pick today on uh, all things political on this rock and rant. But why don't we wrap up the week? Sure, it's been a crazy week, of course. The Republican National Convention wrapped up and uh, some of those speeches were off the rails crazy. Yeah, and I watched a lot of it and I, again, was trying to find a platform and uh, I didn't find any platform. And that was the probably the, the most depressing thing about it. I think you can argue that this is just a, a show for the current occupant of the White House, and um, we're probably in need of a reestablishment of the Republican Party. We need a good, healthy two-party system. Right now, we, we don't have a healthy conservative party. We have a hostile takeover. Right. I think this is the first time in the GOP's history they haven't published a platform. It's all about whatever Donald Trump wants to do. So, uh, an interesting times. Just look what he does with the hotels, and he's done this to the Republican Party. He basically, uh, you know, with the hotels, you hire him to use his name, and uh, basically that's how it goes. So, it could be argued that the GOP decided for the last four years just to, to hire the Trump Organization, and the Trump Organization's making a lot of money off uh, the United States people. I think, uh, you know, time is going to show that he probably is going to go to um, jail. But um, uh, let's bring in our guest. Let's bring in Andy Courtney. There's a lot of things to talk about. Uh, we've had three people uh, as of uh, this morning uh, when we're recording this that have been killed in uh, violent protests. One uh, just uh, less than 60 miles from here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And really happy to have you here. I want to get your perspective on the week. What did you pick up this Thanks week? Thanks for having me, Sandeep and Marty. Uh, one of the things that I thought about was um, people who, oh, well, it is, it is said that social media is irrelevant in terms of where you can get your news. But is it sort of the last bastion of the free press where people can actually record things with their phones and then share them in real time? Um, it often comes before the regular news outlets can filter it, fact check and everything. But if we've, we're actually talking about real footage, 
Um, doesn't that make it relevant and a key player in our news? That's a good point. I mean, the recent spate of police shootings have been recorded on, and on cell phone video and uploaded to social media before any of the big national outlets can get to it. And I think that's turned the tide on the movement, some would say. Uh, you know, and it's, it's been going on for so many years, but it's only in the last few years that it's really front and center um, in front of America. This is a, a natural evolution, not only in technology, but also reaction to the fact that uh, the government dropped the ball and uh, turned its back on the American people when they deregulated the uh, Federal Communications Commission. And they opened up the airwaves to the highest bidder. And what you get when you get the highest bidder is you get the, the Burger King or McDonald's mentality where, you know, a chain basically takes up all these uh, franchises, these mom and pop uh, radio and television stations that used to exist when we were kids. No more. Sinclair, you get uh, one basically uh, uh, one size fits all sort of uh, conservative vent uh, in their case. You don't have uh, the the uh, Fairness and um, uh, Communications uh, Act anymore, where, you know, it used to be a, a point-counterpoint. Um, anybody that watched Saturday Night Live in the, the 1970s and uh, early 80s remember Jane Curtin with the point-counterpoint and Dan Aykroyd going, you know, Jane, you ignorant slut. And <clears throat> the whole thing was just a joke about the point-counterpoint thing that, you know, and now that's gone. So the... Marty, you uploaded a lot of information on your audience, <laughs> but um, I think this is a good time for them to just digest a lot, all of that, and uh, we'll break to a song. Yeah, there I go. I'm ranting. Uh, but we're going to go to a new song that uh, just came out, uh, produced uh, by my friend Mike Kegler. I sent uh, the tracks to him, and I think he did a masterful job. Uh, it's called She's Gonna Change the World, and uh, inspired by uh, Anne's and my daughter Anya, but also uh, uh, an homage to um, these women leaders that are now stepping up. Um, I think we've got to find one that's uh, going to be, hopefully, uh, Vice President of the United States, uh, Kamala Harris. I think she represents a lot of great things. Let's listen. Yeah, there's no doubt, just look in her eyes. Get a surprise, girl,
And we're back. Annie, I have a question for you. Sorry. And we're back. <laughs> question for you, Anne. Um, this is a this is an interesting moment in history where we have two sides that are uh, at loggerheads, but it also seems like we have two sets of facts, two sets of news that are serving different audiences. And uh, how do you have... I mean, we know people who are on the other side of the fence and uh, on the other side of the aisle. How do you have a civil discourse with someone who believes different facts or believes a different set of news headlines? I think it's more than just two different sets of news and two different sets of facts. It's just two realities that right. people seem to be living in. And um, I'm going to confess that I have not found a way... And neither am I in the business of trying to convert anybody at this point. I, I find that it's um, it's very difficult for me anyway. Uh, and it doesn't help. This is certainly very closely tied in with what we were just talking about with the news, which is, um, you know, what's the real what's the real story? In journalism school, of course, you have a big class, a couple of classes on uh, ethics. So in my opinion, if you can go to the website of a newspaper or a news outlet and they publish their code of ethics and they hire trained journalists, um, you know, that, that, that speaks for a lot. But if, um, if they can just as easily be labeled as fake news or owned by Jeff Bezos, which I guess, you know, could be the case, then, you know, then it's almost like finding the data is not, in my opinion, always the most constructive way because uh, anyone can find anything on the internet to support their argument. However, for me, it's helped a little bit to, number one, listen, and number two, try to get a bead on what the value set is of the person that I'm talking to. So some people are coming at it from a place of religion, and some people are coming at it from a place of economy, and some people are coming at it from uh, a history, a personal history, a personal narrative that they've actually lived, and that informs their politics. And that is always helpful, at least for me, to uh, come to, if not a compassionate understanding, at least a more well-rounded one. Sir, one of the thoughts I have, um when you do enter into the the arena, so to speak, of uh, political or religious discourse, is to enter it with uh, with your your sword down at your side, so to speak. I find with a lot of people, I I like to try to say I don't have all the answers. I'm trying to get the you know seek knowledge myself. I think you see a lot of times on social media, Facebook, Twitter, people saying. You know, uh, here is what I think, and if you don't think this way, um, you're please unfriend me. Well, that's you know that's uh, ridiculous. We we're going to have a bunch of uh, hermits. You know, um, basically, we won't have a country. I think that uh, with a lot of the people out there, we have to come up with a code of ethics, basically, or c civics. Um, in just dealing with the two taboo issues, religion and politics, those are no longer uh, taboo. And uh, we can blame stuff like Fox News, I think, for making it 
no longer taboo. They hired, I like the fact that you said, Anne, um, uh, vetted journalists. You know, we have people like Sean Hannity, who was a house painter. So understand, people, that you're listening to a guy who was a professional house painter. That's a problem. If you're not trained, you know, that's like uh, hiring a, a car mechanic, basically, to do your plumbing. Uh, do you agree with me? I mean, how do you how do you cope then with these belligerent people on the other side of the fence and not trying to be a belligerent to yourself, Sandy? Good question. I'll let you know when I figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the issue might be that we we have too much news. I think uh, um, you know, twenty years. I mean, thirty years ago or forty years ago, America was still had still had racial issues and political issues and religious debate, but people were not so agitated to a point of uh, you know, killing protesters and, and setting setting things ablaze, but. You know, do do you think we have too much news? Uh, should we? Is is news become entertainment? I don't know if there's such a thing as too much news, but there is definitely um, too much stimulation from multiple channels, and people aren't able to focus for very long on anything. Um, of course, the news cycle now is such that you know, forty-eight hours equals one month you know, where it wasn't that way before, so it is hard to kind of keep abreast of everything that's happening. Maybe it's not too much news, but too many um, too many partisan opinions weighing in on the facts without actually, you know, kind of just reporting the facts, <laughs> you know. That's kind of, that's, that's, that might be where I, where I land on it, you know. I, I see my daughter Anya is dropping stuff here in the background, but, uh, which makes me think it's probably time for us to do a little palate cleanser, do a little song here. Let's pull one off the rack. Um, I'm going to look through and just see what we have. Uh, we, we were slowly getting all these songs produced, which is great. If you go to martinmccormick.com, we're going to be giving you a list of those songs. We're going to have them up on Spotify. Uh, that uh, is going to be happening relatively soon now that they're coming in. So here we go, a little palate cleanser. Uh, I'm going to find something that's kind of upbeat and happy. You're listening to Strung Out with our special guest this week, Auntie Courtney. Let's walk like we did when we were young Feel the breeze in our hair rain on our tongues Remember when Remember then we had it all All in our hands all in our hands All in our hands We let it slip away On a hill shadows cross the field Explored everything nature would reveal Remember when Remember then we had it all All in our hearts All in our hearts 
All in our hearts We turn it away Done and dusted Dusted and done Decided long ago Can't fool anyone How people act How people act When they lose their way Lose their way Let's touch again like when we first met Smoked a hookah, knew better days were coming yet Remember when Remember when we had it all All is not long All is not lost All is not lost You still love me Remember when Remember when we had it all All is not lost All is not lost back and uh, I am uh, thinking out loud here that uh, it would be great if we could come up with three points necessary to have important dialogue with somebody across the fence from you that is brazenly partisan. How do you open up their minds? How do you open up both of your minds? Maybe they have something that you can learn from. I'm going to toss it, uh, Sandeep's pointing at you, Annie. Let's have you start. Three points. What would you do? Okay, point number one is listen without making faces, if you can. (laughs) Now, beyond that and what I said earlier, which is try to discern, if you can, you know, sort of what motivates uh, a person, then you may not be able to do that if you just met them, if you, you know if you're at the grocery store or whatever. Um, But the reason I think it's hard for me to come up with with any kind of concrete plan, besides just being respectful, (laughs) you know, is uh, I'm ambivalent about it. I'm ambivalent about, um, you know, is the time for, is the time for that kind of discourse appropriate now? You know, uh, maybe is now the time for us to to um, say this, this is what I believe, and um, you know, if if you disagree with me on on a certain point, 
um, you know, either we won't talk about it or, or it's, it's just a bridge too far for me. I don't know. It's, 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 I'm just being honest. I'm, I have a hard time with it myself. Well, I, I think that the time for discourse now is now uh, because when the, in 60 days the election is going to take place and you are going to hear after the person wins, uh, they're going to say, and now it's time for all of us to come together. We need to set aside our differences. We have to set aside our differences now. And so what I'm trying to come up with is, is a three-step process, and maybe it's impossible. And those of you listening, uh, feel free to write in. Go to martinmccormick.com. Uh, there's a comments page. We'd love to hear from you. But how do you, it's not the stranger in the grocery store, Anne. It's, it's really, it's it's people that are close to you. That's the, the crazy thing. Or friends that you've known for a long time, and then you're shocked to find out, man, they're just, uh, you know, they're one step left of, you know, Genghis Khan, you know. That, uh, Sandeep, do you have any points? Wow. Um, I, um, I think most people, the way, I, the way I solve that problem is I think most people are somewhere on the middle of the spectrum. I don't think a lot of people are so extreme in most of their views. Um, I think, you know, speaking to that, that sort of centrist voice or their centrist selves helps in some cases. And I also agree with Anne that it, the, the time for uh, reconciliation or meeting people halfway on certain issues like civil rights, police brutality, that time has passed. And, you know, it's important to take a stand and, and, and fight for what you believe in. Okay. Well, I think, I think we're probably agreeing that there's no easy way through this. And uh, what this will give us an opportunity to do is talk about it further, especially as we approach the election, because I think the rhetoric is only going to increase. And I think the violence is also going to increase. Um, so we're really kind of, uh, I'm sounding the alarm here that I think we have to kind of be aggressive about um, trying to get civility back into civil discourse. But uh, we are running out of time, and I would just like uh, to touch briefly on what we're going to talk about next week, which is, again, having Anne talk about herbalism. She studied under Michael Tira of the American Herbalist Guild, the founder of the American Herbalist Guild, um, and one of them, and one of the foremost um, herbalists respected in the country today. So, um, no slouch. Uh, and Annie, can you just give us a 30-second idea of what um, we can talk about herbs to help people kind of uh, stay calm through the crisis? Uh, thankfully, the plant kingdom offers us quite a few options for uh, kind of softening the edges of of immediate stress and then chronic stress. And uh, so I think I'll talk about a few of the Nervines, um, how we can sleep a little better, how we can just sort of take the edge off the anxiety, and then adaptogens, which is a special class of herbs um, that uh, improves the body's response and recovery to uh, chronic stress, uh, whether it be um, acute or, or ongoing like the pandemic. There you go, folks. This whole episode was a ploy to get you to tune in next week. Hopefully, your <laughs> blood pressure that's off the roof now will, will calm down next week. So tune in. Um, we're excited to have you guys as listeners. Uh, please send us your feedback. And uh, over and out, Marty. Thank you for listening to Strung Out. And uh, please spread the word. Spread the word about next week. 
we're so glad to have you on board listening to us. On behalf of Andy Courtney, Sandeep Kapal, I'm Martin McCormack. You've been listening to Strung Out. Have a good week. Stay safe.